Welcome to the Wealth Standard Podcast with host Patrick Donahoe, author of the best-selling personal finance book, Heads I Win, Tales You Lose, and one of the nation's most influential financial advisors. The Wealth Standard's focus this season is investing. 2020 opened with markets and asset prices at all-time highs, but many of us experience more financial uncertainty now than we did a decade ago. Although there are more choices and opportunities than ever before, the risk-to-reward ratio teeters on a global fulcrum, contributing to the roller coaster of emotions surrounding financial well-being. It seems like everyone is walking on eggshells. This season, we'll cover topics revolving around investment theory and strategy, atypical investments versus conventional investments, and the role of investing within personal wealth strategies. The Wealth Standard Podcast is committed to inspiring you to be more financially free. There is no better time to gain clarity about your wealth strategy, your investments, and your financial future than now. The following five episodes are with businessman, investor, doctor, and now author, Tim Reynolds. The interview was in person. It was in my office. And so if you're listening to the episodes and want to watch the videos, just go head over to thewealthstandard.com and it'll have a link there. When the five segments are complete, we're going to post the entire interview on our YouTube channel. So make sure you check that out. So a little bit about Tim. Tim is a former Green Beret the special forces. He was a medic and also battalion surgeon. He graduated from Texas A&M with his medical degree and his specialization was emergency medicine. He was an emergency room doctor for several years and then also co-started a company called Healthcare Express. He currently has locations, I believe 15 or 16 locations throughout Texas, Oklahoma, Arkansas, and Louisiana. And most recently, he has his book. This is his book. You guys can check it out on Amazon. It's called Living Every Minute. It's also on Audible. He reads the Audible audiobook. Tim is an amazing guy. He's one of the first original platinum partners with Tony Robbins. He has a love and zest for life. It's throughout his book. It's going to be throughout this interview. You can imagine that in the roles that he's played, he has experienced firsthand the fragility of life. And he's going to share some of those experiences throughout these five segments. Now, I want to forewarn you, this is a PG-13 interview. There's some colorful language, and there's also some relatively graphic stories that Tim tells. But you guys are going to experience him, his heart, his passion for life. You can uh, check his website out. It's livingeveryminute.com. He has some personal development programs and courses and a lot of other resources that you will want to check out. So go head over there. And without further delay, let's start episode one with my dear friend, Tim Reynolds. This episode is sponsored by the new and improved Financial Independence Calculator, found at thewealthstandard.com forward slash calculator. One of the driving forces of human beings is freedom. 
which infers financial freedom too. So several years ago, I set out to discover how any individual, regardless of their financial situation, could evaluate their finances in five minutes or less and have a firm date when they could achieve financial independence. The latest version of this calculator, which is free for listeners, can be found at thewealthstandard.com forward slash calculator. The calculator is going to take you just a few minutes to complete, and it's going to provide you with a specific financial independence date. So go check it out today. So if you just took the pillar of relationships in the book, and you know, we talk about 30-second makeout session. Yeah. I'll just give this as an example. So I invented this thing called the 30-second makeout session. It's a crazy simple idea. Basically, if you're the guy, you walk into your wife, she's in the kitchen or she's at work, even better, right? Wherever you find her, and you literally throw up against the wall, make out, hair grabbing, whatever it is that she likes, two randy kids, right? If you've been married for a long time, you know what I mean. This doesn't happen, right? But what if you did that for 30 seconds and then you walk away? Don't say a damn word, especially if you don't tell her that you've read the book, right? And you just walk away. And she'd be like, or if she slaps you, just she'd be like, what? You're not even done. If she slaps you, just grab her harder. And you should be like, wow, it would make her whole day, right? It would be like, she'd want more maybe, and you, but you don't give it to her. Make her beg for it, right? And you just walk away. What if you just did that? It's 30 seconds. But for a reason we don't is we create all these rules about why I wouldn't, she shouldn't do whatever. Yeah. Fuck all that. Just go do it. And if you just did that once a day, it would change your entire marriage. Just that one thing. That's one tiny example. So what I try to do in the book is not just good philosophy. You have actual, do this, actually go do this, right? I have five kids. They're very successful. They're very great kids. They're wonderful. They're not kids anymore. They're all adults. Three are doctors. The other two are, the one who got his business degree. The other one got her branding degree. And they all come back. They're working in our company. And people say, my gosh, how are your kids so successful? And I said, well, one, one, we were blessed. I mean, obviously we don't take credit for all. But second thing is every week I interview so they remember this, right? I would have to sit in my office and they would have to come in and they'd have to have an interview with dad. And it was really a, how school, but I meant to sit on the other side of the desk. So it was like a formal interview. How school, how's, you know, friends, what are you doing with so-and-so? What are you thinking about football next year? We just have this interview. I don't know why I started doing it. I don't remember. But my kids to this day are aged, the youngest is 24, the oldest is 31. To this day say, gosh, I wish we still did those interviews. I loved that time. Well, that's in the book. Why wouldn't you do that? Do that. That's not hard. It's very simple. They treasure that time. And so do I. We drive all presents. You know, just knowing that dad was there, right? 100%. But now they still want me to do it, right? Mm-hmm. And I'll give you one more example. You read this, right? About the family mission statement. Mm-hmm. We do what we call the Reynolds Family Retreats. And once a year, we go somewhere. So this year, we went to South Africa. But it's been as simple as going to up to Lake Camp. It doesn't have to be expensive. In fact, it was years ago. We were reading a book called The Traveler's Gift. And The Traveler's Gift has an adult version and a kid's version. So the kids read the kid's version, the adults read the adult version. And then we'd sit around the table at night and talk about the book. What did you learn about it? What did you think about this? And I said, what do you think our family should be about? Like, what's our family going to be about? What are our rules? And so all the kids would comment. We'd be writing all these notes about what would make us feel special in our house. And we wrote all of these things down. And then uh, my daughter, Natalie, who's now an emergency physician, Took that. She was 12 at the time. She took it. She created a paragraph and we labeled it the Reynolds family mission state. We blew it up, framed it, hanged it in our kitchen. And every week when we'd have family night, like a game night, 
we'd stand up and we'd do like this Pledge of Allegiance, put our hands over our hearts, <laughs> and we would read the family mission statement. So the kids are all 12 to probably 9 to 14 at that time. Here they are now adults, and every one of my kids carries a laminated card of our family mission statement. That's the power. Easy to do. Easy not to do. That's the difference between intentionally creating a life that's worth creating spectacular for, or just let kids go to school. I want to put a stake in the ground here because there's a couple of points in the book where it tugs on the heartstrings. One is about that guy that came in the emergency room who had poured gasoline on himself to commit suicide. And it wasn't because he was you know, clinically depressed. He had, Why don't you tell that story? Because an unintentional life leads to this point. Yes. They called in and said they're bringing this guy into the hospital. And I was the doc that was on that day. He had sat in his car, in his car, in a parking lot at a mall, put a gallon of gasoline on himself. And he comes in and they had a hard time getting him out of the car, as you can imagine, et cetera. And they called in and said he had 90% third degree burns, third degree burns of full thickness, the worst kind. This looks like charcoal. And he comes in and weirdly, people with third degree burns aren't in pain. So they yeah, burn through the pain receptors. And so they're weirdly not, you. they look like they should be, but they're not, right? They're not in much pain. And so that's was his situation. Though, very unique situation about being an emergency physician with this guy is, after I examined him, I knew he was dead. But he didn't know he was dead. And he was still awake and talking. But this is an unsurvival. You know, there's no way you survive 90% of third-degree burns. And so I get to have a 20-minute conversation with a guy who I knew was not going to survive. And I asked, what, what, what caused this? And he said, it's just every day is the same. He had no history of depression. He wasn't on antidepressants. I mean, and yet it got to the point where he, it was the zombie life we talked about, where everything was, he had a wife. They didn't really have a passionate relationship. He had some kids. He didn't really have much to do with them. And it was just wasn't worth living anymore. Just wasn't worth doing. And so people who commit suicide aren't always in a horrible situation. They just can't see the way to a great situation. And I think if you listen to the audible part of that book, um, Billy and I talk about it. The thing that's crazy about that is in order for him to get out of that situation, what do you have to do? He had to take tons of courage, more courage than I would have. There's easier ways to and take massive action to, to, to do that. Yeah. What if he used that same courage and massive action to fix his life? That was the point I didn't even think about when I wrote the book and when Billy brought it up. He's like, what actually happened is this guy had a tremendous amount of courage and took massive action in order to kill himself. And if he had taken that same amount of courage and massive action and done something different, how would things have turned out? I've thought often about society in a sense kind of creates this unwritten checklist that we have to follow, right? You go to school, you get good grades, you get married, you have kids, you get a job, you have a 401k, you have health benefits. It's kind of like we've been programmed that if we check boxes, we're going to have a fulfilling life. Yeah. The same thing happens in religion, right? Where it's like, you just got to do these things. Yeah. Just check these boxes. Yeah. What's, is there anything wrong with that philosophy? Well, first of all, I can't. <laughs> you of all people said the word 401k. That was hard to believe. But... Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I think the problem is that there are no rules. Somebody made that up for you, right? Somebody created all of that for you and then told you that's what it should be, but they don't freaking know. They're miserable. They're beating their wife, right? And they're telling you what you should do, yep. right? Meanwhile, they're sitting at home addicted to porn yeah, or whatever the situation is. And so 
if yeah. you, you have to be careful who you're listening to. And we all have faults. Be careful when you listen to me. Yeah. Everybody. If you think I'm perfect, you don't know. My wife's right out here. She can tell you very different, right? I'm open to that. I agree. This is version two is going to be much better, right? Because I got a lot more mistakes to make, you know? So you don't have to dig very deep to find some dirt on me, as the country song says. But it's true. But this book's about, it says that. It, look, this isn't coming from a guy who knows everything. It's coming from a guy who's been in a lot of weird situations. 65 countries? The treatment to this whole thing that you talked about, about everybody sees the world like this, to fix that is travel. Go see what the rest of the world's doing. I mean, seriously, Mark Twain said it, not Tim Reynolds, but he was right. I mean, the more places you go, the more kinds of people you meet, the more people you live with. And because when we go somewhere, we don't like to go stay in the American place. We like to be in the environment we're in, eat the food, do the things. And I mean, we've been so blessed. I mean, so blessed. I mean, we've been to the Archuan Indians in the rainforest of Ecuador 10 days from civilization. They've never seen civilization, right? And done things with them. Funny story in the book about that. We did the Archuan Indians in Africa and knelt in the mosques in Egypt and Istanbul. And we've been in almost every Buddhist temple in Thailand. Funny story. But in every place you go, people are really just the same. I really feel like there's this core base that we're very, our spirits are very similar. Our energies are very similar. We want the world better for our offsprings than it was for us. We want to leave a better place. We want to have a spectacular life. And then for some reason, we start to put on all these layers of society, religion, whatever it is that take us away from this core base of who we really are. But if you can get rid of all that and get down to who we all are, it's amazing how much more we're alike than we're, and we're, you know, we all want to have these kind of conversations and sit around and and have fulfilled lives. And I think that's really kind of the basis of the whole philosophy. And life is, again, one of those checklists is, you know, you have these endpoints where you accomplish this thing and that should be it. I graduated college. Okay, I'm good. I don't have to read again. I don't have to study yeah. again. I got married. Sweet. I don't have to like date again. I don't have to like... Or take care of myself. Take care of myself. <laughs> exactly. You let, you let your body you let I have your a body free go. sex thing in the, in the bedroom. Exactly. That ain't going to happen. You're not married no, for long. <laughs> You're going to have to work harder. You have to work harder. And that's the point is life, you know, life isn't these endpoints, right? Life are, it's a continual set of milestones. Yeah. And once you achieve a certain level, the next level awaits and there's no end to those levels. Yeah. And the problem is, I was just talking to John actually about this. He knows somebody who's super successful, who you guys were with in Hawaii. He didn't tell me the guy's name, but he said, you know, the guy on the boat was telling him, he said, somebody's always looked up to him. And he said, you know, he said, I feel like I've achieved everything. I don't have anything else left to live for. And the problem with thinking that the end point is the goal, is the thing, that's the problem. Exactly. It's not the goal. Yeah. It's the living it's every minute. It's a journey. Ironically, to get to the goal. Yeah. In fact, sometimes the goal is kind of a disappointment. You're like, this is it? I worked this hard to get here? It's because you fell in love with the goal instead of falling in love with the process that gets you there. Yep. I'm in love with going to the gym. Right now, I have some goals. I want to bench press 400 pounds. I want to do whatever they, my goals are for that year, but that's not it. I'm in love with the gym. I like the smell of the iron. I like putting on the gloves. I like making my drink. I like lifting the weights. I don't need any goals. I'll accomplish the goals because I fell in love with the process in my business. I'm in love with waking up every morning and going, okay, what problems are we got to solve today? What issues are they? What kind of trainings are we going to do? Do we have some business goals? Of course, but that's not the important part. 
important. You can't fall in love with that because it may or may not happen. But what will happen is every day we get to do this thing that we get to do. And if you fall in love with that, fall in love with the right thing, then the goals are, you still set goals, but they have a different reason. They have a different thing. I think that's what happened. Well, Tim, seriously, we talked like an hour before we even started recording. We probably yeah. talked for hours on end. Maybe let's talk as we finish this out. As we mentioned, you did an amazing job of setting the theory, setting some frameworks. You also have some tools for execution, right? Yeah. So obviously you have the book, yeah. you know, have some workbooks and some material yeah. online. Yep. Then you have Gladiator, yeah. some other things that you're doing. Maybe yeah. speak to those as we conclude. Yes, yeah, so we're really kind of putting this all together. So we have the Living Every Minute book. We have Living Every Minute workbook. Those are available at livingeveryminute.com or on Amazon. Yeah, there it is. And uh, it's, <laughs> it's also on Audible. I just finished it. Yeah. And so it's kind of weird listening to yourself read a book, as yeah. you probably know. But it's awesome. Um, like, but it's, it's awesome. so yeah. cool. Because you make like these little side comments and you have yeah. these little interviews. It's really yeah. cool. So we did the Audible. That just came out. So there's that. The work. We have the journal planner I just talked about. That's on livingarmament.com. All of this is on livingarmament.com. Our blog is there as well. We started a course. They really didn't have anything to do with each other. This was happening. And then I started this course called Gladiator. It's actually called Reclaim Your Gladiator. And the reason it's called Reclaim Your Gladiator is because I think it's a men's course. And I think men are already gladiators. They just forgot. And so the three days I remind them, I remind them of who they are, what they were born to do and what they're here for. And it came with this whole idea of toxic masculinity, this whole idea of this bullshit concept that masculinity is toxic. Uh, masculinity is protective and helpful and, and all of the good things. What you see negative that men do is not masculinity. That's just called being an asshole, yeah, right? It's a sideways hat and a big truck is not masculinity, right? So don't mistake the two things. That's why I literally sat in the back of the room and just designed the course, everything from special forces days to Tony to Keith, everybody I've learned from and said, how can we create this into a course? And so we started running this gladiator course and it's been amazing. We've put a hundred men through it. We only do 12 at a time. We only do it twice a year. It's on my ranch in Texas. It's three days and there's a physical component to it, but it's not about physical. It's about mental, spiritual. What happens in the classroom and what happens in the conversations is way more important than the physical part. But I knew from my special forces days and you just did a thing. So you will appreciate this. Men don't open up without a physical component. Mm-hmm. You get them to be physical, get them tired. Now I can get them to open up and now I can teach them. Right. And so that's why there's a physical component. It's part of it. And it's just become awesome. And so that's on the same website. There's videos and stuff. And so I did that for a few years. And then everybody said, you need a woman's course. And I said, I don't know how to do a woman's course. I was in special forces. There was no women, no, no offense to women, but all my companies are run by women, but I just don't know how to train women. It's not my thing. We have my wife do it. And she's like, I'm not doing it. You're the trainer guy. So we kept going back and forth. And finally, I said, okay, I'll do it. So I sat for an entire summer and I planned out what would a woman's course be? Because I want them to be just as badass as gladiators, but not turn them into men, right? Part of our problem in our society is we've mistaken equality of pay and equality of how we're treated for sameness. We're not the same, right? There's men, women, there's feminine energy, masculine energy, and they're not the same. That has nothing to do with equality, but sometimes we confuse the two things and think inequality means sameness. So I didn't want to make them the same. So I baited how to do it. I took the whole summer and the whole name Valkyrie, if you know what a Valkyrie is, they come from the Viking days, the Valkyries, the people who took, well, I actually originally named the course Ninja Princess Warrior. And I was told by all the women that would not be the name of the course. <laughs> the name of the course would be Valkyrie. So, okay, fine. So it became the Valkyrie course. So we had our first one last fall and we've done two coming up this October. And it has been 
it blew me away. It ended up being cooler than uh, cooler than Gladiator mm-hmm. because yeah, because women have this unique problem that men don't have that we don't think about. Women have to do everything a man has to do, right? Especially you know, think of a single mom, right? Just to go to work, provide, be all of the things that she has to be, and then go in, take a shower, put on high heels and a dress, and become super feminine. We don't have to make that choice. Right? We don't make, we just stay in that one state all the time. They have to do all the things we have to do. And then also be super feminine. So the whole course is going back and forth to a masculine feminine energy. And I think Tony says, as how do you make your dog your dog? You give it a name and you teach it to come on your call. And so which part of your personality you need to teach to come? You don't talk to your child the same way you talk to your colleague, the same way you talk to your buddy at the bar. You have to know which dog to bring to which fight. And so it's really about that. And so we end up with Gladiator and Valkyrie, and then that led into a couples course. And so we have a couples course that we do to where we talk about these kinds. It's not Gladiator Valkyrie. It's not a physical course, but it's about strengthening people's marriages, the 30-second makeout session, a bunch of other things we go into. And then a few years into it, the Gladiators came to me and said, hey, what about, what's the next thing? We want an advanced Gladiator. So, you know, there have been 60 men or so go through at the time. So I said, all right, you guys, careful what you ask for. They're like, no, no, we want it. So I created Advanced, which we call Ragtag Bastards. And so I created the Ragtag Bastard course. But that's for people who've already done the first course. And then we do, also we hold that once a year. Now they're talking to me about Advanced Valkyrie. So we'll see how that, we'll see how that goes. So one thing's really leading to another. Rather than me kind of pushing what's happening, I'm feeling the pull of what's happening. It's really kind of fun. I'm really liking it. So we have those tools that are available. We're also going to do our first ever Living Every Minute Summit next summer. So we're going to take probably three days and teach everything in the book over a three-day process and have a summit where people can come and learn. So we're, so the website, we have not mentioned it. We'll put it in the show notes. And you're doing a podcast too. So maybe talk about the website. Yeah, so livingeveryminute.com is where all this is housed. It's where the events are. It's where the book is. It's, you can get books, workbooks, the planner. Everything's on that site. And that's where we'll announce when we finally decide to do the summit, where and when that's going to be. Or we're talking about doing a podcast. We, you know, we really love the idea of doing it. We just haven't got to that point yet, but eventually we'll do that too. And that'll, we'll put all that on there as well. Cool. Yeah. Well, Tim, this has been awesome. Like I said, yeah, we could keep going. Yeah. But give it, yeah, we'll definitely do. I've been watching you guys over the last year or two years since I've known you guys and watch you move from one office to the other, watch what you're doing and your own personal kind of growth and path. I've just been watching from a distance and kind of through John and seeing what's going on. And I'm really proud of where you guys are headed. This is really awesome. So good job. That means a lot. Yeah. Good job. Well, I would say, I think we've discovered similar principles, right? Because we don't have to reinvent the wheel. I think that's what we have in common. Like the wheel has been invented. Yeah. Right. You just got to figure it out and execute. Yeah. Yeah. Just take what other people have taught and just execute it. Yeah. It's like, it's a game where it's not all success. You hit the nail on the head, 80% failure, 20% success, but shit, that 20%, it's Makes it all like work. that. It's totally worth all yeah. the 80 and maybe even a little bit more. It is, honestly. Yeah. yeah. I don't think we value the success yeah. if we didn't get punched in the face every now and again. It's true. It's just all be successful. We wouldn't know any different. Yeah. Well, Tim, you're awesome, man. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for appreciate you, man. you, man. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, we, had, we had your dog in here. You your dog I know. Too. I know. You know, it doesn't get any better than that. <laughs> the only thing better than me being here is Jack's being here. <laughs> all right, everyone. Thank you guys for watching or listening. And then go check out uh, all the links if you didn't have a chance to write them down on the show notes uh, at the wealthstandard.com. Thank so, you. Next time. See ya. Thanks. Thank you for listening to the Wealth Standard Podcast. Be sure to visit the show's official website, thewealthstandard.com, 
for appropriate disclaimers and terms of service. Guest opinions are their own. If you require specific investing, financial, legal, tax, or any other specialized advice, please consult an appropriate professional. We welcome and appreciate reviews of the show. Head on over to iTunes or Stitcher to leave your review. And don't forget to subscribe to the show to get access to every new episode and exclusive interviews this season. Thanks again for joining us, and we'll see you next time. Oh,